Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondra. Here they are now. Hello, and welcome to 101.7 FM, Brady Free Hillsdale. This is Outside Source Football with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrak, and Joseph Doherty. Today, we're recapping week eight of the NFL. Bengals versus 49ers. Great game. Great game. Really was a great game right up until the end of the third quarter when Brock Purdy started making mistakes again. You know, we've seen this a few weeks in a row now. But yeah, end of the third quarter, there was a bad interception in the red zone. Um, luckily for the 49ers, they got the ball right back, and then he throws another interception. Bengals are able to go up by two scores, and that was it for the rest of the game. You know, they they 49ers go down and score again, but but Joe Burrow, uh Joe Burrow leads a drive to put him up 31 to 17. I, I will say Joe Burrow just put on a master class of playing the quarterback position. I think I think at one point he had 18 straight completions. Maybe it was more than that. But he was sharp. And and that's what it came down to. Purdy was the one who made the mistakes. Burrow did not make mistakes. I know they had a couple of fumbles, the Bengals did, but it wasn't Burrow, you know, it wasn't him making those um making those mistakes. So yeah, look out for the Bengals right now. They're they're playing really well. And getting everybody involved too. This wasn't, you know, just the Jamar Chase show the way it was early in the year. You got Tyler Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, other other receivers, I don't even know their names, making plays. Yeah, Burrow finally looked healthy. Uh, there was a play early on in the game where he broke like three sacks in one play and he got a first down. And at that point I knew that, you know, the Bengals, they're finally they're finally back. They're back. Like that that they're was back. the they're play back. that they they're so back. They're so back. And he ran the ball well too. Ran quite a bit, and, and yeah, was a lot. Was, was obviously More than I thought not he was, going to. was not worried about getting hit or protecting himself. He was fighting for extra yards. Yeah, he he looked really good. So we're talking about how the Bengals are back. I'm worried about the 49ers. The 49ers went five and zero, and then have dropped three straight since. And I don't, I don't know. They have a pretty tough schedule for the rest of the year. I don't know how they're going to write this, write the ship. I think do they have a bye week this week? Yes, they're on. They're on they're, by. They're on by week, by. but then they come back and they play Jacksonville, don't they? And Jacksonville's they hot right now. They have to play now. Seattle twice, and they still have to they play Seattle, Seattle twice. twice. It's not easy. It's not easy. And you know, we'll we'll talk about later a uh, big move they made um, on defense. But uh, yeah, for me, I'm still Purdy is the biggest concern. You know, and and yep. he for the most part played really solid in this game, and, and yeah, was making a lot of nice throws. They moved the ball, was getting everybody involved, but. The two the two interceptions were were what cost him. So he can't he can't continue to make mistakes like that. They can't overcome that. I mean, nobody can. No no team can overcome two interceptions um, in the fourth quarter of a close game. So he's they got they got to get it figured out with him. Yeah, I will say the 49ers may have lost three straight, and the Vikings game was pretty bad. Kirk played really really good, but the Vikings team was pretty bad. Uh, but other than that, they lost to a top five team in the Bengals because Burrow looks back to form. I think that they're at least a top five team. I would agree. Uh, and then they lost to the Browns on a missed field goal, which is a, we- a weird game. Yeah, you know, Browns defense is playing great. Weather's not good. You lose a couple of your stars. Um, and it was sort a, of in the flow of the game. It was a field goal that it's like you should have made it. Yeah, he should have made he it. Should have maybe it. not like perfect range. Like you're not going to be a hundred percent from there, it's, but it's, it's 40, one that it's, it's one yards. that you should have made it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I'm not worried about them as a playoff team at all. Like them making the playoffs, I'm not concerned. That concern's gone. As far as being a contender, maybe I am a little bit worried. Maybe they're on now that outside looking in at the Super Bowl contender type thing. Yeah, like I said, I, for me, it comes down to Purdy. If if Brock Purdy can play mistake-free football, he doesn't even have to be spectacular. Like no. nobody, nobody's asking him to go be Patrick Mahomes. Just do your job. 
don't turn the ball over. Do what he's been doing. Yeah, exactly. What before, he's what he, what he before did, the Browns game. What he did all of last year and through the first five weeks of, yep. of this year. Yeah. So you know, if, if they football. if they can get back to that, yeah, they're right back in the conversation. But you know, you are what you are. You know, you are what your record is. And right now, they've lost their last three games. So yeah, there's there's some problems for sure. I mean, I don't believe this, but I kind of want to hear what you guys think. Is there any like part of you that says give Sam Darnold a shot in this situation? No. Not yet. You're, it has not, not yet. I mean, it's got to fall far farther. You think that for, they got for lose, me to for me to get lose that. another game or I two? I mean, they would they would have to fall to like five and maybe, yeah, maybe two more games in Purdy playing really bad before I say give Sam Darnold a shot. Because I mean, what has Sam Darnold done in his career exactly to make you think that it's going to be any better? I mean, right now the problem is turnovers. But it's a very different team that I he's agree. playing Darnold's, on right now. But Darnold's biggest problem is turnovers. The, I, the, I the mean, 49ers, yeah. the 49ers don't need a guy to be spectacular. They need a guy to play smart, which is what Purdy has done. I mean, yeah, Sam Darnold is probably more. Yeah, does he have a bigger arm? Is he more athletic than Purdy? Maybe, but his biggest problem has been decision making. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think that's something yeah. that they'd consider unless it gets really bad. Obviously, I don't want anybody to be hurt, but I was hoping that a silver lining of Brock Purdy having a concussion is that we could see what Sam Darnold yeah, was going to do this week. I was kind of, kind of wanted to see how Sam Darnold does in such a powerful offense yeah. with such a great coach. Next up, Bills versus Bucks. Uh, the Bills maybe should have lost this game at the end. Last second Hail Mary that Godwin didn't even really get his head around. Nobody touched it, and it fell kind of incomplete in the middle of everybody in the end zone. A super weird play. The problem defensively was that the Bills couldn't get a pass rush with only four guys. Baker wasn't very mobile, especially not this game. He had this knee injury, and they still couldn't get to him. Huge credit to that Bucks O-line, though. They played great. I don't have a ton to say about this one. I think you know the Bills, we knew, were the better team. You would have liked to have seen a more convincing victory. They sort of let the Bucks creep back into it late um they, they couldn't put him away um scoring and and yeah you know they have a chance with a hail mary there but i mean at the end of the day the better team won but this this didn't move the needle for me on the bills i'm still i have a lot of concerns with the bills i don't they're not they're not quite in that i mean yeah i mean yeah obviously they're in the conversation in the afc but they're they're definitely not my favorite right now in the afc they've they've played some average football here the past few weeks yeah, you'd hope that they uh, would score again. They only scored once in the uh, second half. It was just one touchdown. Uh, if they just scored one more touchdown or even a field goal, it kind of seals the deal, and they just couldn't really get anything going in the second half. Yeah, and, and elite teams do that. Elite teams can yeah get a drive going in the second half and like, like and we, just finish it, like we were, what the Bengals did. Exactly, we were just talking about with the Bengals that when they had a chance to put it away, they put it away. Yeah, I think the offensive problem for the Bills is Josh Allen can he can make high level throws. And he can take what they give you, but when he takes what they give you, it's really, really, really inefficient. Like, we can talk all we want about how gaining four yards every single play, you're going to win every game. But that's just not realistic. You can't gain four yards on every single play. You can't expect a quarterback to go 30 for 30 while throwing four yards every single pass. It just, it's just not It's just not efficient. So I think that that's well, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not going to actually happen. Yeah, it's not. You're, you're it's have not to, gonna, you have to hit more, get a little bit more than that. Yeah. I just think that I don't know if it's the receivers not turning the ball upfield, Josh Allen not placing the ball well enough, or offensive coordinator needs to call better plays. But something in there has to change for their offense to be a little bit more efficient. I think. I was really hoping the Bills would make a trade at the deadline for uh, running back. I mean, they did just sign Leonard Fournette. Did they just they did signed they? Fournette? Yeah. Oh, no, nice old interesting. Nice old Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Up that next, we got big. Browns versus Seahawks. Uh, I wonder if the Browns 
are hurting worse from quarterback play than the Jets were last year because their team is so good that you talked earlier about how teams can't make two interceptions late in the game and still be in. But the Browns have done that. Yeah. The Browns have been in close games, thrown two interceptions, and still been in the game close, winning or losing. A great win by the Seahawks, though. I didn't think that they ran the ball enough. I thought that after you're up 17-0 in the first quarter, you didn't you didn't run it enough. Especially when you have Kenneth Walker and, and Zach, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Yeah, they ran it yeah. like a combined like 15 times, 16 times. Less than 10 carries for each of them, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but I, I mean, at the same time, you're playing the Browns. The Browns probably have near the number one def- rush defense in the NFL. I know, but it wasn't like they were, they weren't running the ball poorly. Yeah. Okay. They, they just weren't. So I don't I just don't get it. I I don't know what what that plan was. was. Yeah. I mean, I know you have great weapons outside, but I think that you still have to stick to what you're good at. Yeah, I mean, this is another game where the Browns defense kept it in kept, kept them in it and the running game was good too. Um, but yeah, PJ Walker unfortunately yeah, just could not make the plays down the stretch to to close the gap you know they had multiple chances and yeah I mean he's you know he's PJ Walker he's exciting sometimes but at the end of the day he's he's a backup quarterback in the NFL right so I think they should run the ball with him more but well but then you put him uh, if he goes down then who are you putting in yeah I guess I guess that's a see the New York Giants yeah right so yeah I mean hopefully Deshaun Watson can come back and and can play better but yeah, it is unfortunate because this is a team with a, a really good defense and a lot, you know, some talented pieces on offense, and they're uh, struggling to get by right now. Yeah, the real reason the Seahawks won, though, of course, is because of those absolutely fantastic uniforms that they were rocking. Yeah. Those, those throwbacks those, are those sweet. Sick. Those were sweet. those are so cool. Those were sweet. Okay, up next we got Jets versus Giants. What? What an interesting, <laughs> interesting this was, game. This, oh, gosh, this, this is the way cool. football was meant to be played. It, right in here. New York, when they when they when they invented football in the late eighteen hundreds, this is what the game looked like. Nobody could throw. It was raining. <laughs> it was in New York, and uh, yeah, what an ugly, ugly game. Really came down to, I mean, but yeah, both defenses played terrific. Um, I don't. I even... think the the kicking game for the Jets was better, and you know Zach Wilson completed two passes. In what did what did they have? Twenty six seconds. Did, I mean, did the Giants' crazy. defense really play that good, though? Yeah, I mean, they got after him. How many? They had a a billion sacks. It seemed like, and they they limited Brees Hall running the football. I know he had the big, you know, the long they, touchdown catch. I mean, I know you're playing against Zach Wilson, and that's kind of the game plan: stop the run. I mean, but yeah, but, the, the fact that the Giants' defense gave up those two pass plays to let them get in the field goal position—that's that's kind of inexcusable. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. But overall, is it the Giants' defense playing really good, or is it the Jets' offense playing really bad? Because I think it's it's a little bit of both, but I think it's the Jets' offense playing really I mean, bad. More of, so. of course, it's a combination of both. I mean, yeah, we know the Jets' offense is not going to light anybody up, and then on on the flip side. You know, I I think yeah, we've seen that the Jets' defense is really good, and then especially once the Giants lose uh, Tyrod Taylor and Darren Waller in the middle of the game, yeah. it becomes pretty easy to stop the Giants' offense. I mean, Barkley had close to thirty-five carries. I think I mean that's 36, all, thirty-six. Thirty-six. Carries. That's, that's all they could do. And then I mean, even when it got into overtime, they were not going to let Tommy DeVito shout out Tommy DeVito. They weren't going to let him throw the ball down the field, no matter how much that's the fans Yorker. yelled at them to let him throw. I mean, all they would do was throw screens to Barkley. So, I mean, it's it was a crazy game. 
the Jets had no business winning it, but another game that they found a way to win. They're four and three, and they're staying alive. It's wild. Yep. the uh, The New York Giants as a team had fourteen passing attempts. How much is just how many ridiculous. after how many after Tyrod Taylor went out? Seven. Like, I think they only each each quarterback threw seven passes. They were six for fourteen combined. I and I think Devito was two of Devito's completions were I, I believe screens for negative yards in overtime. Yeah, yeah. To so they, they they did not let him. They weren't going to throw the ball. No. So they had over a thousand game. punt yards in a game, though. See, that is crazy. Punter, that's that's exciting. Punters getting after it. Shout out the punters. Shout now out the punters. That's New York football. Now that's how you play football, right there. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Punt every play. I'm sure Pat McAfee was excited. He gets. <laughs> he was probably waiting for a fake. Yeah. Moving on to Broncos versus Chiefs. All I'm saying is that you nobody beats the Broncos 18 times in a row. I think it was they beat them 16. I think this would have been 17. Nobody beats the Broncos 17 times in a row. Even better. Yeah, tough. Uh, tough streak. There. Bad beat for a lot of people, I'm sure. But this was. Um, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. You get the Mahomes uh, IVs in his arms before the you know the night before the game. He's got the flu apparently. He looked a little off. Broncos offense played really well early in the game. Get you know they get two touchdowns, and then the Chiefs defense kind of settled in and, and controlled in the rest of the game. But the Chiefs offense just played horrible. Turnovers all over the place. Five turnovers. Tur- yeah, five turnovers. The muffed punt late in the game that that basically sealed it. I mean, then the Bron- yeah the Broncos went up twenty one to nine after that, and and we've said it before, and you know it hasn't been an issue because they've kept winning. Chiefs don't have a number one receiver. They don't. If you, if, which this is a big if because it's hard to do, if you can slow down Travis Kelsey in the passing game and make somebody else beat you, they, they don't, they, they don't have a guy right now that has proven he can do that. I mean, no. This game summed up for me is the fourth and two play with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were down 21 to nine. Mahomes throws a dime to, to Sky, Sky Moore in the end and zone. He drops it. And he drops it. Uh, Sky Moore has not been. He's just not that guy. Kadarius Tony is not that guy. No. The other, whoever else they have, you know, Valdez Scantling. None, none of these guys have, has stepped up and shown that yeah they can be a true number one receiver in this offense. So I'm, it's a concern for the Chiefs. Yeah, really good teams sometimes just play horrible, and the Chiefs played horrendous. I, that's that's basically what happened. Com- what coming from a Lions fan? Coming from a Lions fan, it was there I watched, last week. Yeah. I watched the Lions fall apart versus the Ravens, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And the same thing happened to the Chiefs this week. And you can't win them all. You're not going to go undefeated. You're not going to go 16 and one in regular season either. You're going to lose some. Uh, and when when it rains, it pours. And it it was just really bad. All and around. the crazy thing is, like we said, with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're still in the game. They're still in the game. Right? With his with as horrible as their offense has played had played. They were still in the game. Yeah, the Broncos right. gave the Chiefs plenty a lot of, of opportunities to win that game. Uh, yeah. For sure. But Chiefs didn't want to win it either. Yeah. They so. did not. No. But, you know, I mean, the Chiefs are still one of the top teams in the AFC, but the fact that they don't have a number one receiver is a concern because, I mean, throughout the season, they've really been carried more so by their defense. Their defense has been more impressive than the offense as a whole. Yeah, and the Chiefs played pretty bad overall. But against the bottom 10 NFL team, Lions, they lose to a contender, and everybody goes crazy. So all I'm saying is that this should prove that the Lions are still good at football. Anyways, up next, we got Lions versus Raiders. Lions, dominant win. Not their cleanest game of the season, but 
they still did win pretty handily. What was what was the final score? 26 to 14. 26 to 14. That was the most crushing 12-point defeat I have ever witnessed in my life. Yeah, the yards difference was what? Like 300 yards? It was more than that. It was the Jameer Chiefs. Gibbs had more yards than the entire Raiders yeah. team. I'll say this. The Raiders' defense fought for as long as they could until they just ran out of gas because the Lions had dominated the time of possession by so much. But, you know, they forced three field goals in the first half, three red zone trips. I think all in all, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, quite a few red zone trips that didn't end in touchdowns. Yep. I mean, the fact, yeah, they all only had 26 points on close to 500 yards of total offense was ridiculous. But uh, the Raiders offense really is, at, at this point, I would say the worst in the NFL, regardless of who's in there at quarterback. You know, last past two weeks, it's like, oh, you know, Brian Hoyer's in, backup's in. Garoppolo was back. He was healthy, and they were even worse. He's still throwing horrible interceptions. Line can't protect for him. They could. They ran the ball on one drive, the one touchdown drive they had. Other point. Other touchdown came from a pick six, and Devontae Adams had on seven targets had one catch for eleven yards. Jacoby Myers, I think, also had one catch. So, the uh, you know, alleged offensive genius uh, Josh McDaniels. I mean, he's 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 leading the worst offense in the NFL right now. So. Yeah, as a Lions fan, I would have liked to see the Lions play a better game. Being up nine zero off of three field goals and not scoring a touchdown on any of those drives was not what you want to see against the Raiders. Because it was nine seven at one point, and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat watching. Because I, I mean, like, this is was, totally a game that the it Lions was, would it lose. It was sixteen to fourteen after after the pick six. Yeah, sixteen to four. Like it, it was a close game. Yeah, but um, even after all of that, I never. I never had any faith in the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, the the game was very close in score for a while there, but it wasn't really close in all the stats. Yeah. That pick six was a fluke. That was huge, huge momentum swing, potentially. That didn't really do anything, right? I mean, it was just... No, it's, it it's just, not. it didn't like light a spark. It didn't light a spark. Under the Raiders' offense. Yeah. Which I thought it would. The, the Lions went down and scored right after it, I'm pretty sure. No, they went down and then they fumbled right on the... Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Max Crosby fumble. Yeah, I mean, all, as a Raiders fan, all you have right now is Max Crosby, who had another great game. <laughs> another one. But that's all we got. Up next, we're going to talk about Will Levis. Yeah. Let me say one thing right off the bat here with Will Levis, because you know he and his girlfriend from the draft, they're not together anymore. Apparently, she broke up with him. Yep. Will, when she calls you trying to get you back after this game, don't even answer. Do not answer that call, all right? You're better than that. Go ahead, Evan. Uh, so, Will made some pretty good throws. Will, I can't believe I, you guys, I didn't know you guys were on a first name basis. <laughs> oh, we, we we actually we're getting him on the show next week, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Shout out Will Levis. Shout yeah, out, we got to get out, some. Shout, shout out, out the mayonnaise, the mayonnaise guy. We'll, we'll get some extra mayonnaise for his coffee. He made some good throws, not perfect, but he held on to the ball for too long for sure. Uh, he had a really clean pocket, which you're not going to have a lot of, against a lot of teams. Falcons, somebody got hurt really early again that game, and they just did not have a pass rush at all in that game. It was Grady Jarrett. Yeah, he got hurt. He got he's, hurt really he's, early, he's, he's and they out. didn't have a pass rush. He's him. out for the year. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this about Levis: the the numbers are great, two hundred thirty eight yards, four touchdowns. But I want to pump the brakes a little bit because he had three touchdowns of forty plus yards, which yeah, were all really good throws. Other than that, though, everything else was a screen or around the line of scrimmage. He was there was not a great variety in the kind of throws that he was making or or the reads that he was having to make. They kept things pretty easy for him. They were either taking a shot or he was throwing a screen or something around the line of scrimmage. So I think, you know, now that teams are going to have one game on him, he's going to be playing Mike Tomlin this week on a short week. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little ugly against the Steelers because they're going to take away the deep ball. They're not going to let them throw it deep. They're going to get pressure with Highsmith and TJ Watt. So let's let's see how he does against the Steelers. Yeah, an underrated aspect of quarterbacks, in my opinion, is the ability to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. He did a really, really good job getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. I got to give him that. Yes, absolutely. But for the most part, they made his job really easy. couple shots, good arm strength, pretty pretty accurate on the throws, uh, but a lot of play action, quite a few screen passes. Henry ran for over 100 yards, uh, and he didn't have any of their touchdowns. So that that helps, obviously, tremendously. Uh, he played good for a debut, showed the traits of like a top 15 to top 10 quarterback, but he didn't play like one. It's like the, the, the special throws are there, but he didn't play like one. His ceiling is probably Justin Herbert. I think that's what. Whoa, whoa, that's a, that's a pretty that's, that's a really good. Pl- I mean, yeah, like you said, talent wise for sure, he's got talent-wise, all the arm there, but he didn't play like that. It was well, they, it was they, good. For they a didn't. Debut. They weren't asking him to do anything. Like I said, they they made it easy for him. Either going to take this shot if it's wide open, or you're going to throw a screen pass. Yeah. Well, so De- it was it was a good game plan for them. DeAndre Hopkins had a. I think you said it on Sunday, but he had a, a Randy Moss type of a stat, stat line. line. He had four yeah. catches for 128 yards and, and three touchdowns, touchdowns. Yeah. which is just ridiculous. So that yeah. shows you that a lot of Will Levis's yards came off of a couple throws, uh, and three of his touchdowns came off of throws to DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Thank you for listening to 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale, Outside Source Football. We'll be back after this short break. Hello, and welcome back to Outside Source Football on 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale. We're moving on to some of our trade deadline reactions. So first of all, Leonard Williams went to the Seahawks for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Not a bad trade for either side. I think just kind of decent eh, overall. They, they, it's quite a bit, though. But the, it's the, quite a bit. The Seahawks, but the, Seahawks are known, it. the Seahawks are known to give up too much for guys. I like this trade for the Giants. You're not going anywhere. If you can get a second-round pick for them, yep. good for them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. Montez sweats the Bears for a second round pick and Chase Young to the 49ers for a third round. It is pick. a fire sale in DC. Washington is blowing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Rivera's going to be out after this year for sure. But I, okay, I'll talk about Montez sweat. I like this for Chicago a lot. They have a lot of draft capital, they have a lot of cap space. And so this is basically saying instead of using this second round pick on a guy, you know, who may or may not pan out because they can't pick well. Okay. Yes. Let's, you're right. You're right. Let's get a proven commodity. A guy who's 27, he's got a lot of more, you know, plenty more good years in him. Um, I'm sure there's an agreement already pretty much in place that they're going to sign him to an extension. Yeah, that's what I, I, I talked to somebody about that today. I, I agree. Yeah, so I like it. I like this for the Bears, building for the future. This, this is a good move for them. Yeah, uh, on the Chase Young pick, I really wanted the Lions to get him, so the 49ers getting him is a, is a big step up for, for them. A, for a third round. For a third round pick, not, that's, gonna, not that that's scary. That is a scary defense now. And it was before. And with Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young being able to learn under Nick yep. Bosa. Oh, yep. Chase Young Reunited. off one side and Nick Bosa on the other. That's Re- that's scary. Reunited, yep. A couple of Ohio State guys. I think, yeah, for the 49ers, this is especially or definitely a reaction to the past two weeks where they haven't been able to get as much pressure as they want with their front four. I think a lot of that is a product of playing two quarterbacks to get the ball out quick and Kirk Cousins and, and Joe Burrow especially. But They've blitzed more this year, and and Bosa kind of brought it up this week in a press conference that he doesn't like that. You know, this is a team that wants to get pressure with four and leave the other guys in the back seven free to make plays. 
They've had to blitz more to try to get pressure. They don't like that. So yeah, this is a big splashy move to bring in another guy who can generate pressure. And, and so yeah, by getting Chase Young, you definitely don't want to be blitzing. I mean, you want to get pressure with the front four. And that's what a lot of the best defenses have been doing. Oh, for sure. Getting pressure with the front four. Exactly. Because then you can cover for the two seconds so your front four can get there. It just kind of all works. That's pretty much the formula of any great defense. Yeah. Josh Dobbs, the Vikings, four sixth, giving up a seventh. I think that this is a good trade for both sides. I think that the Cardinals, the Vikings, uh, they think they're going to make the wild card here. I think this is a good move for him if he plays well. Uh, Josh Dobbs, apparently super smart guy, as Gabriel's been telling me. Apparently. Apparently. Not apparently. I didn't know that. It's very much known that Josh Dobbs is a very intelligent person. Yeah, this um, this is a move that says we're not giving up. You know, just because Kirk Cousins went down, we're four and four. We feel like we still have a shot in, in you know, the wild card picture in the NFC. So yeah, let's get Josh Dobbs, a guy like I said, who's very smart, can you know, hopefully learn this offense in a week. He won't be playing this week, but hopefully after that can play. And yeah, you know, he's he's more athletic than Kirk, can move around a little bit, limited a little bit in the passing game as well. Doesn't have a huge arm or anything, but he's a smart guy, you know, and, and you hope that Josh Dobbs can just make the right plays get the ball into your playmaker's hands. I mean, obviously he's going to have more talent around him than he did with the Cardinals. So, you know, I I think, yeah, to me, it's a we're not giving up on this season yet move. Yeah, and it it makes sense for the Vikings to do this because all they did was uh, uh, swap their sixth-round pick for a seventh-round pick with the Cardinals. A pretty cheap trade overall. You get a quarterback that is serviceable, and you can actually make the playoffs with him. I don't know. And he's proven. And he's You could. You could. I'm I mean, not saying I'm not saying that they will, but I'm saying you could. At the very least, and Dobbs, he's played. He doesn't have any rust, right? Exactly. I mean, he's played. He's played the whole season. Uh, you're not throwing in a backup quarterback that hasn't played since college. Uh, so I think that it's it's definitely an upgrade at the position for not all that much uh, draft capital. I think that for the Cardinals, it's a pretty decent move. This move tells me that you either you believe in Kyler enough to give him a shot this year. And if he doesn't work out this year, then you're drafting somebody next year because, you know, Kyler's going to be bad. Your pick's going to be pretty good. Quarterback heavy class. So I think that it's a, all right, we're moving on from you because you are not our future. And I respect that move. And you're getting the most value out of him that you probably could get, like, unless he went absolutely crazy in, like, next year. Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions for a 2025 six-round pick. I think it's a decent move for the Lions. I think that they struggled a little bit at receiver with Jamison Williams. They were hoping for a little bit more. Getting a guy on the outside, kind of nice, but you know, we definitely hope they'd be more aggressive. Yeah, I don't. This one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I guess you know, if Peoples Jones is available, he's cheap. He's cheap. Um, but for me, you know, you already have on Amon Ross St. Brown, and I know they, they play you know different different styles. Josh Reynolds, I think, has looked pretty decent for them. And I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, are you giving up on Jamison Williams already? I mean, I feel like you want to keep giving him opportunities rather than bring another guy into the room. I don't know. But yeah, like you said, I it's a position that I, I didn't see as one of need for the Lions. I thought they had bigger holes that, that they may try to uh, address um, before the trade deadline, but they didn't. Yeah, on I really like the trade because Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of fills a wide receiver a niche that's lacking a little bit for the Lions, if that makes sense. And he's kind of more of the throw up the ball and he can catch a contested ball you don't see Amon you're, you're saying as, as a deep threat you more think they, as a deep they threat don't have, they don't have a guy that not, can yeah yeah so Jameson Williams is like the speedster you're gonna throw it and you're gonna have him run under it versus uh Donovan Peoples-Jones is one that can go up make a contested throw you could throw him a fade ball from the five yard line you we don't really have a receiver right now that can do a that good, other than Reynolds red zone, red zone Reynolds, yeah Reynolds would be the best but I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is an upgrade uh but overall I thought the lines were going to be a little bit more aggressive I think that there's only a couple games where the Lions got a lot of sacks 
uh, that really inflate their sack numbers, and they were against not great offensive lines and not great quarterbacks. And I would have really liked to see him get a pass rusher or maybe a corner, considering Emmanuel Mosley's out for the year with an ACL. Uh, and yeah, I really thought that they were going to address the defense because they looked so bad against the Ravens. And so far, they have not looked good against any good team. They looked very bad against the Seahawks as well. So I, I thought they'd address that. Uh, Rasul Douglas and a fifth round pick to the Bills for a third. I think this is pretty good. The Bills secondary has been kind of inconsistent playing. Uh, Trey White's had those couple injuries now. And their corner that they drafted last year has not been as good as probably they hoped. So I think this is this is an okay move for them. Uh, McCole Hardman, back to the Chiefs for a second round pick. Yeah, that's... And then they must we, we, punt this week. Yeah, well, not not a great debut, or yeah, I guess re-debut, re-debut with the Chiefs. But yeah, this is one where this is the one where yeah, like the value is or, or what was given up is kind of shocking because we've seen yeah, like Chase Young for a third, Montez Sweat, who's a you know Pro Bowl borderline All Pro level player for a second round pick, and the Chiefs gave up a yeah a second round pick, and all they got in return was McCole Hardman and a seventh round pick, but. I mean, it just gets back to what we talked about earlier, right? They don't have a receiver. Um, so, you know, bring back a guy who's familiar with the system, who's been there, who, you know, you can plug in, you know, theoretically should be able to plug in and play pretty quickly. But my thing is, if McCole Hardman was that guy or proved that he could be that guy, he would have done that in his previous four years with the Chiefs. I mean, he had every opportunity to kind of step into that role after Tyreek Hill was gone and he didn't really do that last year, which is why they let him walk. So now they bring him back, pay a lot more than anybody else would have paid for McCole Hardman because, you know, the value is different for them. So, you know, we'll see if it works out, but it's uh, it's kind of a, yeah, you know, they were desperate, not a lot of receivers on the market. So, you know, you, you do what you got to do, but yeah. Yeah, desperation move for sure because I don't really see anybody else not in their division receiver-wise that's available. So yeah. I think it was kind of, it was very desperate for them. Uh, next, we're going to move on to our Week 9 predictions. Game predictions. First up, we got Titans versus Steelers. I actually, even though as good as Will Levis played, I have the Steelers winning this one. As bad as their offense is, they're at home, and this is the kind of game that playing against a, a more of a backup quarterback, a guy who hasn't had a lot of time, and now they've seen what he can do in the deep pass, they're going to take that away from him. I don't think the Titans are going to be able to move the ball. This is going to be a low, low, low scoring game. Yeah, this, I mean, yeah, this is kind of an easy pick for me with the Steelers because yeah, I, th I think they should absolutely dominate Will Levis on a short week um, with the guys that they have on defense. Because like I said, we talked about this earlier with Levis last week, the Titans offense was either a 40 yard touchdown or it was a three and out. So I think, yeah, they're going to take away the big play. I like them at home, more experienced team on a short week, even though the Steelers offense has obviously uh, had their problems, but I'll trust their defense. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think that the Steelers defense is going to get to Will Levis. I don't think that he's going to uh, have another good game like he did last time. And I just think that the Steelers are going to win in a, in a very low scoring game. Up next, we got Dolphins at Chiefs in Germany. This one actually, <laughs> you look at this one like at the, after game one and you think, wow, what a high scoring game. Right now, I'm looking at this game and thinking, wow, this is going to be a very defensive game. It, pro it probably it, will be. It definitely be. could be. Uh, Chiefs defense is pretty good, and the Chiefs offense is, has struggled as of late, so I think it could be low scoring. Uh, Chiefs are technically at home, but I mean, they're in Germany, so nobody's really at home. I have the Chiefs winning this one, though. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick because it's international, and yeah, the Chiefs offense, obviously not you know coming off their worst game of the year. Dolphins defense is nothing to write home about, but they do have Jalen Ramsey back. He made a you know big play last week against the Patriots, but yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to, I think, yeah, the Dolphins offense against this Chiefs defense 
and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just kind of a gut feeling. I just see Tyree Kill, if, if not going off in this game, he's definitely going to have a few big plays, and I think it's going to be enough for the Dolphins to win this. The revenge game? I think, yeah, I just think Tyree, it's going to be the Tyree Kill revenge game. So, I mean, nobody can stop him. I don't think the Chiefs have anybody that can stop him. So, give me the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one, and it's because I haven't seen the Dolphins play well against a really good defense this year. I don't know. Or a team. All or a good team, All yeah. the teams they've That's beat true. are under 500. Yep, right. And the best, very true. The best teams they beat was the Chargers, who are 3-4, and four, who have also only beat teams under 500. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I need the Dolphins to prove it, that they can beat a team like the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back. I think they're going to have a good week at practice. Uh, and then go to Germany. How would you know? Are you in that facility every I'm day? I'm not in that facility, but I mean, they you're, they came, they're talking, coming off. You're talking a little too close. To the <laughs> I've, I've been around these guys. Yeah, I know how they're going to bounce back. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. I think that they bounce back because they just got embarrassed by a really bad Denver team in Denver. That they I mean, yeah, I'm only, I'm only picking against the Chiefs because I hate them and I'm a hater. <laughs> and they find a way to ruin my life every week. This game so. definitely has playoff implications, though, oh, for seeding. So big time. Should be a very interesting game. Vikings at Falcons. I have the Falcons winning this one. Uh, the Vikings are going to be playing with a new quarterback, new system, and I know that he might be a quick learner, but still without Justin Jefferson, uh, I think that they could struggle a lot in this one. And I don't really like the Falcons as a team, but I do believe that they're the better team here, and they're at home. Yeah, um, the Vikings shouldn't be the only team playing with a new quarterback. The Falcons should play Taylor Heineke. I don't know that they will. It seems like for some reason they're committed to Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke played way better than Desmond Ritter against the Titans last 100%. week. 100%. If, if Heineke starts that game, I think they win for sure. But regardless of who's playing, yeah, because of the situation in Minnesota right now at the quarterback position, I got to go with the Falcons as well. Yep, Falcons are at home. The Vikings are coming off that really bad injury for Kirk Cousins. I think that the Falcons are going to win this one. Up next, we got Bears at Saints. I have the Saints winning this one. I just don't really believe in the Bears. They got blown up by the Chargers. Uh, obviously, made some big trades. Got a new defensive end, but I don't think that it changes their team overall and how good they are. Maybe it makes them, you know, obviously makes them slightly better, but not really that much better enough to beat a team like the Saints, who are a solid team. Yeah, the, the Montez Sweat trade, I feel like, is, you know, that's a move for the long term. That's not like they're trying to win more games this year. They, they know what they are this year. Uh, give me the Saints as well. For once, their red zone offense played terrific last week. Uh, they finally they figured it out, right? Just put yep. Taysom Hill in the game. Yep. You Taysom have, Hill in a you defensive, have, defensive you have, tackle. You have Derek Carr from the 20 to the 20, and then as soon as you get in the red zone, you take Carr out, and you put Taysom Hill in, and there it's, you go. It's, it's a great strategy. It's all, I actually love watching it. It's a win-win it. for everybody. So, yeah, give me the Saints. Yep. The Saints, the Saints uh, offense looked really good this last week, and you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say it. They they figured it out in the red zone. Taysom Hill is really good in the red zone, yeah. and Derek Carr is not. So why wouldn't you put Taysom Hill in and just have yeah. him? You, you, you get an extra run. You get an extra blocker. You get an extra blocker. It's a numbers, it's a numbers game. game. Uh, and yeah, I think that the Saints are going to uh, beat the Bears because I don't think the Bears are very good. <laughs> Up next, you got Rams at Packers. Rams could be without Stafford. That's that's big for them. But this Packers team is one of the worst teams in football right now. They look really, really bad. You can blame it on youth. You can blame it on talent. You can blame it on whatever you want. But I think that even without Matthew Stafford, the Rams find a way to win this game just with their running game. I agree. And I just have to look to last week. You know, the Packers, Kirk Cousins goes down, and they had every opportunity to get back in that game with the Vikings offense doing nothing, and the Packers offense still couldn't do anything. So even if Stafford is out, which he likely will be, I still like the Rams over the Packers. 
Uh, do you guys know who the Rams' backup quarterback is? I don't know if it's still John Wolford. I know it was for a really long time. Do you know Gabriel? This is this is bad. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know either. That's why I'm going to be taking the Packers uh, this week. I don't. I just don't care. I think I, I think don't that, care. I think that Matthew Stafford being out is going to be enough. Oh wait, wait, wait! Isn't it Stetson Bennett? No, it's 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 not Bennett. It's uh it's Brett Rippin. He he's. I just looked it up. He's he's a winning last week, so it'll probably be Rippin. I it, to me, it just doesn't matter. I the, I think the Packers are horrible. The Sean McVay is a better coach. He's found a way to win with backups, kind of before. So I, I still like the Rams. Yeah, I still think the Packers are going to win because it's going to be cold in Lambeau. They're playing at home. The L.A. Rams oh, are going to come in there. Is that home? Be, it is. Yeah, in, it it's is. In it's in Lambeau. Oh, man. Now I now want to change my pick, but it's too late. I'm sticking with it. So whatever. Yep. That's why I'm taking the Packers. Commanders at Patriots. I actually have the Patriots winning this one. Commanders, fire sale, lost two of their defensive linemen, who is literally their best unit on the field, is their defensive line. And it's just when you lose two of your best players on that defensive line, I mean, what kind of team are you? What kind of team are you? I think this will. I think the Patriots will win this one. I think it'll be really, really close. So give me the Patriots. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Patriots too, mostly just because they're at home. Um, I've, I've struggled in picking these toss-up games with the road teams. So yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much have much to say. Yeah, the Commanders it seems like they they've pretty much given up on the year when you give up your two best defensive players. So I, I guess I'll take New England. New, New England has looked a little uh, looked a little bit better. You know, they beat the Bills. And like you know, they were I guess not completely blown out by the Dolphins. Were they? I mean, I don't know. So, whatever. Give me the Patriots. I'm also going to take the Patriots, and I think that just with Montez Sweat and um, uh, Chase Young being traded away, the Commanders' defense is going to struggle a little bit, at least uh, for the first week. So, with all of us taking the Patriots, go hammer the Commanders. <laughs> the, the Commanders' money line. Yeah. Up next, we got Seahawks at Ravens. I have the Ravens winning this one actually at home. Seahawks defensive front seven is not great, but this should be a great game. Great game. Very intriguing matchup. And, and a lot of that's kind of my the theme this week is we got a lot of close matchups. Um, I like the Ravens. I think Geno's going to be good for a couple of mistakes here. Probably some interceptions against a really, a really good Ravens defense. So I'll, I'll take the Ravens at home. I was going to take the Ravens, but since you guys both did it, I'm going to take the Seahawks. The Seahawks look really legit this year. Uh, they've played really good games. And yeah, I think that I see you, Joe. Trying yep. to make up ground on the picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna take the Seahawks. Up next we got Bucks at Texans. Uh, I think that the Bucks are gonna get a win here. Uh the Texans definitely could win this one. They're at home, but I just see the Bucks having kind of a bounce back game. Played a couple tough opponents. So I'm picking the Texans and I'm not going to justify that pick. I'm also taking the Texans. I think that they're gonna bounce back from a bad loss uh in Carolina. Cardinals at Browns. Give me the Browns. I like the Browns. I also like the Browns. Colts at Panthers. I got the Colts. Panthers, good win last week. Shout out. Gold star. But give me the Colts this week. You know what? I'm going to ride with the Panthers. Give me the Panthers. It's at the Panthers? Yes. Yeah, give me Carolina. I'm going to take the Colts on this one. Giants at Raiders. This is this this game of the week kind of stuff right here. This is 20 putts. Ton, just, just, 20, just pick. Just 20 make putts pick. worthy. I have the Raiders. That's a dumb pick. This is going to be the lowest scoring game of the weekend, and somehow the Raiders' offense with Jimmy Garoppolo is even worse than the Giants. So this, I'm starting a new trend now. I will always pick against the Raiders until they fire Josh McDaniels. So give me the Giants. <laughs> I'm going to take the Raiders on this one. I think that the Giants are just you're both hot fools. Garbage. That that's one game up. We, I'm going to get on both, both of you. We both picked the Raiders I, I and think they're garbage. Cowboys and Eagles. I pick in the Eagles in this one. Uh, Eagles are definitely the better team here. I think the Cowboys' offense finally looked good. But I don't think it's enough to beat the Eagles. 
Yeah, the Cowboys for me are like the Dolphins. They, I'm still not like super impressed with any of their victories. Uh, so give me uh, Philly at home. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles as well on this one. The The last time the Cowboys played somebody that was really good was the 49ers, and they lost 42 to 10. So until the Cowboys prove that they're actually good, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep betting against them when they play good teams. Up next, we got Bills at Bengals. I have the Bengals winning this one. I definitely think that they're the better team in this situation because Burrow finally looks at his best. And the Bills haven't looked good. They've been getting wins, but they haven't looked good in those wins. Yeah, I have the Bengals as well. They're playing at a much higher level than the Bills. I mean, you've you pretty much just said it all right there. So yeah, I'll take them. And they're at home. They are at home as well. That helps a lot. Yep. I, I like Cincy. Yeah, I'm also gonna take the Bengals. The Bills have not looked very good in these last couple of weeks since they played the Dolphins. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Up next we got Chargers at Jets. I think the Chargers are gonna win this one. Big offensive game. For them, finally, not even maybe scoring that many points, but big in offense because they're playing against such a good defense. I think that if they score more than 14, they're going to win the game. You're going to bet against Zach Wilson on Monday night? In primetime. In New York? In in New York. And I just got word that Justin Herbert's mom is going to be at the game. Absolutely oh. not. Absolutely not. Give me Zach Wilson and the Jets. For all the reasons you just said, I'm also taking the Jets. And the Chargers West Coast team coming into New York? No uh-uh. chance. No chance. It's no going to be a cold night. Also, and dis- disclaimer, I don't know that Justin Herbert's mom is going to be there. No, she, she's got to be. That was a joke, but she probably will be, right? Yeah, you got to think. Probably. And if she does, Zach Wilson's going to know where she's sitting. Yes, sir. <laughs> Fantasy football starts and sits. Starting, I have Kareem Hunt versus Arizona. Bad defense. He could get a couple touchdowns. And then I have Nico Collins versus Tampa Bay. He just kind of do. He still gets a lot of targets, and Tampa Bay's secondary isn't that great. Give me Bucks running back Rashad White against the Texans this week. He's looked better as of late. And here's here's a here's an interesting one. Give me Taysom Hill at tight end against Chicago. Like we said, the Saints have found this red zone offense. He's kind of relying on touchdowns. He's actually extremely relying on touchdowns. But he just, I mean, I don't know. He's got opportunity to get points throwing the ball, running the ball. The tight end position is not great. So give me Taysom Hill. Yep, I'm going to take Zay Flowers. I think that if the Ravens are going to win this week for Seattle, Zay Flowers is going to have to have a big game. Uh, and then also give me Drake London. I don't think that the Vikings' secondary is all that great, and I think that the Falcons are going to win this game, and a big part of that is going to be because of Drake London. Sitting, I have Marquise Brown versus Cleveland. Uh, the Browns' defense is really good, and the Cardinals will be playing with a different quarterback. Marquise is a sit. And then my other sit is Buffalo because they're in Cincinnati and their defense hasn't been great as of late anyways. And they're playing the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, My sits are Tua against the Chiefs. Uh, Like we said, international games, usually not very high scoring. And this Chiefs defense is really tough. I think Chris Jones is going to make things difficult for Tua. So sit him, even though I, I picked the Dolphins to win. Make that make sense. And sit the Cowboys defense. They're the number one defense in fantasy, but they're going against the Eagles and the last time they played a really good offense, they looked not so good. So give me Cowboys D on the bench. Yep. Even though I picked the Texans to win, I think that you should sit C.J. Stroud. I think that the Texans are going to win, but it's going to be low scoring. And the Bucks have a really good defense. I'm also going to say that you should sit Cooper Cup uh, going into Green Bay. Uh, I don't think that Matthew Stafford's going to play. Cooper Cup isn't going to get uh, nearly as, as great of passes as he would with Matthew, Matthew Stafford. And it's also going to be really cold in Green Bay. You can go ahead and add Puka Nakua to that as well, yeah. or any Rams receiver if Stafford is out. Yep. Thank you for listening to 101.7 FM, Ready for Hillsdale, Outside Source Football. Have a great day. We love you all. Happy Halloween.